Welcome to Riot Underground. You found the place where instigators are changing the world with disruptive technology. I'm Sarah Glova, and in today's podcast, we're joined by Stephanie Kissel, co-founder and COO of Supportedly. Today's a bit of a treat. Stephanie runs a podcast, the Supportedly podcast, and today our two studios are coming together to record one epic episode. We're going to be talking about Riot Pitch Night, the night where six startups from Riot's Accelerator had a big graduation pitch night. We're going to be breaking down what we saw at pitch night, what went well, what other startups can take away from those pitches, the things they can do, and the things that maybe they should avoid. So let's jump in. Uh, Stephanie, welcome to Riot Underground. Thanks for having me. It's great to be in your studio today. We're glad that you're here. And I'm going to kick us off by asking our traditional Riot Underground question so that listeners can get a picture for who's joining us in the studio today. If you could pick any celebrity to play you in a movie about you, who would you pick? Well, I have to admit, I listened to the podcast, so I knew this question was coming. <laughs> so you, per- you did your homework. I might have prepped a little bit. I took a poll. And so I had two very interesting answers. My husband said that I look like a young Annette Benning. So sweet. I know. That's a good answer. I know, right? And one of my very close friends said that I would be played by Kate McKinnon. Okay. So I'm going to go with a young Annette Benning and Kate McKinnon's love child. Okay. I like it. (laughs) So, um, Stephanie, can I ask you to tell our listeners a little bit about you and and what you do, what the Supportedly podcast is about and all the work, the great work you're doing in Asheville? Absolutely. So the Supportedly podcast was created to support and continue the mission of Supportedly. Supportedly is an online dynamic directory that helps entrepreneurs find, understand, and connect quickly to the support resources that they need. And these refer to the low-cost and free support resources just like Riot. The Supportedly podcast helps listeners understand and continue to tell the stories of those support providers. Mm-hmm. Um, as an example, we had Tom Snyder right. from Riot on to talk about Riot and the programs that they offer to entrepreneurs. So really the mission is to help connect entrepreneurs very quickly and effectively to all of the support that's available to them in North Carolina and beyond, because there is just a tremendous amount of support. There's so many resources in the state for entrepreneurs, and hopefully for our listeners, now it's really clear why we picked Stephanie to come in and break down the pitches after pitch night. I imagine you've seen a couple pitches. One or two. hundreds. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the reasons we asked you not only to come down to Raleigh and see all the pitches um, at, at pitch night, but also to help us evaluate the pitches is, one, our startups that go through the Ride Accelerator program, they do a lot of practicing. It's going to be fun for them to have some feedback from someone mm-hmm. like you who's seen so many pitches. So excited to share that with them, but also for the, the bigger surrounding community. Pitches are becoming more and more common. There's more pitch events than ever. I think they're going to keep growing. What can startups be doing mm-hmm. to improve their pitches? What kind of things do they need to be thinking about? So for today's episode, I thought what we could do is ask you, what are some of the things that you look for in a sure. good pitch? What are some things that the groups that pitch really well, what do they do? What What are some common mistakes? But then mm-hmm. let's weave in pitch night. We've got the audio from the pitches that we had the chance of watching. So if there was a group that did something really well at the pitches, Let's bring in some examples. Let's let the audience take a listen. Sure, absolutely. Um, And let me just say before we get started, too, I was so thrilled to see the quality of the pitches Mm. and see the, the, it was clear that they had all prepared. And I think that's just an overarching message as far as before we break down into 
to what to really concentrate on is be prepared. Do not Mm. think you can just jump up and give your 60 second pitch or five minute pitch or however long the length is for the pitch night. These companies were all clearly prepared and it's very exciting to see what they're doing and, and, and see where they go. That's good advice to kick us off though, because one, they made it look easy. They mm-hmm. did such a great job that I don't want anyone who watched to think that that was something that they were. I saw all last week as these startup groups pitched again and again to the wall, to the empty conference room, to each other. I mean, they practiced and practiced and practiced. So I want everyone to know that. And then two, I feel like there's this misconception of, Oh, it's short. So mm-hmm. I'll be fine. The shorter it is, sometimes the more you need to practice, mm-hmm. right? You have to nail your message. Mm-hmm. 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 Great. Okay. So that's kicking us off with some good background. But then I know that um, you have a couple themes that you look for in pitches. Sure. So mm-hmm. what's the first one? Kick us off. So the first thing that we look for generally is, was the problem clearly established? So am I connected to, do I understand what the problem is that they're trying to solve? Is it believable and is it worth solving? Do they really communicate well why it's worth solving? Okay, that's helpful. So can you give us some examples based on what you saw at pitch night? Who are some groups that really showed off that important skill? Absolutely. So the first one I'm going to start with is actually our winner. Greenstream. Greenstream. Okay, so Greenstream did win Riot Pitch Night. Huge congratulations to them. They're doing some great work. So they are working on flood detection. They like to say, Greenstream advises when the water rises. And let me explain how we do it. A dense array of sensors monitors water levels over creeks, swamps, and even over streets. And they transmit the data in real time to our cloud system which then sends the information to our clients' emergency management systems. And all of this happens in real time. We report every six minutes, 24-7, rain or shine. I'm understanding why you're bringing this up with was the problem clearly stated because they did seem to do a good job of establishing the problem. Absolutely. Their opening slide, which I'm all for less text on a slide and more images just to connect me, opened with a ambulance submerged halfway into floodwaters. Mm -hmm. And the story, they had a a great quick story behind it. The floodwaters were rising. That was, that took place here in Raleigh, correct? That's right. So that a local example. Yes. It was a perfect local example of an ambulance that's halfway submerged and they drove through waters that had it been otherwise detected or better detected through real time, they would have known not to go Everyone was fine. That was the close of the story. Everyone was fine, but the ambulance was not. Of course, that was a loss, which led them to their next point, the cost of vehicles through flooding per year. So they had a great slide about what that cost was and and really broke it down. So it connected immediately to the problem. There is a monetary issue. And of course, there's a safety risk too. Right. So I felt they did address that. But I love that you're bringing up how Karen, the COO, she represented Greenstream for pitch night and she really illustrated that cost right away. Yeah, absolutely. So immediate connection to the problem. And I immediately felt like, yes, this is a problem that's worth solving. Great. So was there anybody else who you feel like nailed the establishing problem? Absolutely. So I think um, Safe Zone would be the one that I'd, mm. that I'd talk about next. So we're talking about the two champions first. So Safe Zone is the gunshot detection sensor that if you can imagine a network that can wake up because it hears a gunshot, a network that can lock doors, call 911, do things when that sound of a gunshot is detected. That's what Safe Zone is working on. Safe Zone alerts authorities and those on site less than 10 seconds after the first shot is fired. 
This information can help accelerate and improve law enforcement response, and people on site can use this information to identify safe zones where they can gather and prevent further loss of life. We utilize a patent-pending distributed network of sensors that communicates with our patent-pending cloud-based machine learning algorithms. This allows us to ensure accuracy, reliability, and speed. And they were the crowd choice. They were the audience winner. So we've talked about our two champions so far. So what did SafeZone do that you felt like was helping to clearly establish this problem? Well, I think SafeZone is solving a problem that is not easy to talk about. It's an emotionally charged issue. It can even move very quickly into a politically charged issue. So it's not always easy to talk about. And they they were able to speak about it in a way that clearly defined the problem in a way that was sensitive, but not overly sensitive. They certainly were specific about the problem and and where we are with it, what our reality is day to day. Mm -hmm. But they didn't overemphasize it in a way that made me lose the message, which is their product. Right. So they clearly established it. They were sensitive to it, but not overly so. I mean, the pitches are short. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful with that balance. Exactly. And what you don't want to do is lose your audience into thinking about the problem so much that they're no longer thinking about what your solution is and listening to the solution that you're presenting. (laughs) Okay, great. So we've hit our first theme. So was the problem clearly established? And you gave us two points for that. Is it believable and is it worth sharing? So great job, Greenstream and Safe Zone on that. Uh, what's our second theme? Why is this solution the right solution to the problem? Okay, so, so now we have a problem, but yes. now we're, let's talk about the solution. I like it. Yes. And did they present a clear use case that leads into the value proposition? Okay. So for this one, I really liked Nursleep. Nursleep did a great job. So Nursleep is working on enlightened sleep sensing. Nursleep is a wireless wearable healthcare device that optically detects sleep architecture. Using near-infrared spectroscopy, we can see past the scalp, past the skull, to directly measure brain oxygenation, which is correlated to sleep architecture. Similar technology is FDA-approved for other applications like anesthesiology. The device is reusable. It adheres to your forehead with a double-sided sticker either side. It can also be shipped directly to and from patients, so there's no clinic visits required. Okay, so what did they do well? As far as talking about the right solution to the problem, first they talked about the difficulty of going in and having a sleep study done. Mm -hmm. And we should note that their product does not test for everything that you would be tested for in a sleep study. For example, restless Mm -hmm. leg syndrome, they put sensors on your legs. Mm -hmm. But even describing the process of going in and essentially having someone watch you sleep all night. With like 20 sensors on you or something. All over you is that that right in and of itself, the description of it is uncomfortable. And then even to further that point, there's at-home sleep testing that they can do. Mm-hmm. And it's a small device. The instructions which they showed, and that was where they just nailed it, it for me. It was a funny moment. I mean, everybody yes. in the audience laughs, so they talk about, oh, you can get an at-home sleep test. It's easy. And then I think Ember put up, here's the simple instructions. Here are the <laughs> easy instructions. And they are, I mean, it might as well be assembling a car mm-hmm. from scratch. It is absolutely intimidating. And then they, of course, talked about the failure rate. And of course, if you fail to do the at-home test, well, you have to go in for the sleep study right. anyway. Right. So they really established why their product answers the problem, why why it is the right solution to the problem. So for me, it was just, it was so clearly and, and well established. That's great. So what do you see when a startup is having trouble with this? What are some common mistakes with establishing a use case? With establishing a use case, really what you see is they're not articulating it well. 
or they're not articulating the value proposition. It's as easy as saying they pay X and they receive Y. So Mm. if I'm coming out of it unclear about what's the value proposition, what's your path to revenue? I think really it's, it's as simple as articulating. And I say it's as simple as, because you know, it's so simple, so easy. I get why groups might skip over this one. Mm. It's hard to dilute your message into mm-hmm. something so poignant, so focused. Mm-hmm. But two, they know it so well. They almost yes. take for granted, like, oh, you should know. People are going to pay us X and we're going to give them Y. But here's all these great stats about the problem. And here's all this great info about our tech. And they forget to just clearly state this particular group is going to pay X because they want to get Y, which we have. So that that transitions us right into clearly defining how that they validated the use case, which we're looking at traction at that point. We're looking at numbers of uses. They have thought of this use case, but people have actually started using it or they've confirmed that people want to use it. Some kind of traction around this use case that they're describing. Exactly. And we see time and time again in pitches where... I see it a lot with pitches that have audience questions, and maybe it's not necessarily in front of a panel of judges, but it's more like an audience feedback. The audience will often ask questions about, you know, well, have you talked to real estate agents about your product? Because you just stated that real estate agents will use this because X, Y, Z, just as an example. And have you asked them? (laughs) Have you asked them? Because I'm a real estate agent and I can tell you blah, 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 you know, like Mm. whatever. And in that case, you can clearly see that they haven't gone out and done real customer discovery. And frankly, that's lazy. You've got to get out. You've got to talk to name your, an audience group that might use your product. You better have talked to them. You better have talked to them. Yeah. Okay. Do your customer discovery early on. Don't be scared of talking about your product or your idea with people. Yes. No one is going to jump in and steal it unless they're probably already working on it themselves. Right. So that's get out there, talk to potential mm-hmm. customers. And that could help you be more specific too, right? I mean, saying a real estate agent, there are so many different kinds of real estate agents, right? Exactly. Need to be more specific. Exactly. And that's actually um, Elaine Boley from RTP Capital Mm -hmm. was on my show a couple of episodes ago. And she said on the Supportedly podcast something that really resonated. And we were talking about this issue of things that she hears or doesn't hear or would like to hear more of from Mm -hmm. pitchers when they're coming to talk to investors. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is if someone tells me they're selling to hospitals, I say, which floor? Because Mm -hmm. you're not selling to the entire hospital. So if you are, I'm selling to real estate agents, are you selling to commercial real estate agents? Are you selling? So really think about what your market is Mm -hmm. and go talk to that market. Mm -hmm. Be specific. Yes. Great. Okay. So who did this? Who seemed like they were validating their use case? Who did you feel like had traction? I really thought that Campana did that very well last night. So Campana has gotten a lot of attention. Uh, this past cohort. Mm -hmm. So they are known as the Smart Pet Cremation Company. We provide a green, environmentally friendly solution for families to grieve properly. We are the first in the area to bring green cremation as a practice for pet owners. It's water cremation. It is completely sterile. It's emission-free. And it's where the industry will be going, not only for pets, but also as we go on into a sustainable approach for human cremation as well. But then they also have, through IoT, they're developing products that make the pet cremation process a little bit more transparent so that you know that if this company is who you choose to help you get through that situation, that when you go through this service, that it is your pet that is coming back and that they have some transparency to help track with that. 
Right. So related to this, what I thought they did really well, actually two things. When they talked about their addressable market, Mm -hmm. they stated that they only had one usable study on mortality rates for pets. I remember that. They were really specific about kind of the limited data they were working with. Which I loved that because they they showed immediately that they've done their research. They talked about the research and the, the search that they did to find more of that data. So they put it out there immediately that, hey, here's a limitation to our, to our mm-hmm. market research. We mm-hmm. are limited by the number of studies that we could find mm-hmm. on pet mortality. And then the other part of that that I really appreciated was that they, they have validated use cases. They're showing traction. They had a great traction slide that clearly shows where they validated their use case by actually having customers. Right. That's a great way to validate, right? Yes. Actually having some customers. <laughs> exactly. Can I ask, what are some other ways, if you're a startup that doesn't yet have customers for whatever mm-hmm. reason... What are some other ways you can show traction? So audience would be one way to look okay, at that. Audience. And that's audience either on you know social media, people who've mm-hmm. signed up for pre-sales. If you're looking at crowdfunding mm-hmm. and you have a thousand people that have signed up to pre-order your product prior to the crowdfunding campaign even kicking off. Okay. So this validation, it doesn't necessarily mean purchases. It's really just, hey, here are other voices out there that aren't yes. in my company that are saying mm-hmm. this could be useful. Exactly. Or if you're looking at an app, downloads, mm-hmm on your app. Maybe you're not at a revenue generation point at that point or Mm -hmm. signups for your newsletter. So activity with your customers Mm -hmm. or potential customers can be shown as traction, particularly when you're really early on and you're not at a revenue generation point. Right. That makes sense. And that's helpful too for the startups that aren't B2C. Yes. And so overall, they might be targeting fewer purchases Mm -hmm. and those might be bigger purchases. And so for them, it's going to be more this research, these conversations showing that they've talked Mm -hmm. to X number of groups and that they confirm that nine of those have interest in purchase something like this in the next five years. Any any information like that? Great. Right. Yeah. Just it's customer discovery. Bottom line is is go out there and, and talk to your customers or your potential customers. Great. And they did a good job. Campana did a good job of showing that they are definitely doing that. Yes. Excellent. All right. So we are to our last theme. So what's the the last piece of advice? What's the last you know thing that you saw from Riot Pitch Night? One of the other things that we look for um, is describing your team and the roles that they play, describing it really well um, mm-hmm. and showing whether or not you have a strong team. And by whether or not, sometimes the ask at the end of a pitch is, hey, I'm looking for sales and marketing. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm looking right. for someone in business development or I'm looking for a co-founder. Right. 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 So always a pitch for investment. Sometimes it's a pitch for the, that person that you need. That's excellent. Okay. Absolutely. So for me, I thought Vitalflow did a stellar job of showing their team. Mm-hmm. Vitalflow is working on, uh, it's for asthma patients. We are providing preventative analytics when patients need it most, before they have an asthma attack. We send our patients home with three devices, a mobile spirometer that they can use to gather clinical quality lung function data, as well as prescription use and symptom data on a daily basis, an indoor air quality monitor that looks at things like pet dander and mold, known asthma triggers, as well as an outdoor air quality monitor that looks at things like ozone and pollen, again, known triggers for asthma attacks. All this data is sent to our cloud database, where we use our predictive analytics to provide insights and alerts to physicians in the form of a clinical decision support tool. So the idea being it's better to have medicine and treat before rather than in a reactive way. And so if we can take data from the environment, from your personal data, Mm -hmm. um, using their devices, and then 
better understand when you're going to have an asthma attack, that information is, is just crucial. Okay. Correct. So it's getting toward the end and they describe who's on their team. What do you think would have been attractive to investors about how Vital Flow did that? So one of their last slides said, it stated very clearly at the top, we're a lean product focused team. And they showed all of the individuals, what, and of course, you know, what their title or their area of expertise. And what I loved was just that title at the top where a lean product focused team. And they even stated in their pitch that they were product focused, Mm -hmm. that they were all very, very obsessive about the product and building a good product. So I liked that. I think it helped define this where the team was very strong. And if an investor were listening to that pitch, they would know immediately where they had their strengths. And mm-hmm. and because investors are, they're looking for strong teams. They're not just looking for one strong individual to invest in. They want to invest in a team. So that helps them understand that this is, you know, here's the strong team. Here's where their strengths are. And even even start thinking along the lines of if I invest, if I you know bring them into my portfolio, where can I help add to their team? Who can I connect them with? So to help fill in some of those gaps, because the bottom line is there may be gaps in your team. There may be areas where you just don't have a certain level of expertise or could use some building. And investors want to know that because they want to bring that expertise to exactly. us, right? They're not just often bringing money. They want to bring their experience. And so if they can mm-hmm. see that that's really needed to yes. be highlighted on your team. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So they're looking for a strong basis for a strong mm-hmm. foundation for a team. They're also looking for, you know, where might they help fill those gaps? Well, this was really helpful. For me, it was fun to go back and do kind of a play-by-play of what we saw from the Riot Pitch Night from the startups that have been in the Riot Accelerator program. But Stephanie, I can't thank you enough for bringing your perspective. So to to recap a couple of things you shared with us. So making sure the problem is clearly established. I liked, is it believable and is it worth solving? Mm -hmm. So proving that, making sure that's stated why the solution that the startups are pitching is the right solution. So once you establish the problem, make sure you say, here's the solution and here's why it's the right one for this specific problem. And then three, validating that. Show that you have some traction. That doesn't always mean purchases. That doesn't always directly even mean customers. There are lots of ways to show traction, but make sure you're proving that you have talked to the audience who you think will be buying this product. You've validated your market Mm -hmm. and you've clearly defined that market. And then you gave us the great tip at the end of making sure you have time at the end of your pitch where you talk about your teams, talk about where you have strengths, talk about their roles, really show that to the investors that you're pitching to. Exactly. Great. Well, with that, we just want to say thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much for coming to Riot Pitch Night and cheering on the startups. Absolutely. It's been great being here. I've loved coming out and seeing your space. And thank you so much for doing this joint podcast with the Supportedly podcast as well. Yes. Thank you. A big thank you to all the Supportedly podcast listeners. Thanks for letting us steal Stephanie and have her in the Raleigh Riot Studios building. Can't wait to have you back again soon. Hey y'all, Caroline Griffin here, dropping in to say thanks for listening. And if you have any questions for Riot, send me a note. You can reach me at caroline at ncriot.org. This Riot Underground podcast is created and produced by Riot Studios with music by Scott Jackson. Riot is a nonprofit focused on economic development through the Internet of Things or IoT. We produce events, conferences, and educational courses around the world. And we run an early stage startup accelerator out of Riot Labs in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our nonprofit also operates a wireless test and certification facility under the Wireless Research Center brand. 
Learn how to engage by visiting us at ncriot.org.